Hello and welcome to the first live show recording of Wooden Overcoats. Um, we recorded these uh, after the main recording of the series uh, to kind of show off what we've been uh, what we've been doing as we went along as we released them. Uh, and what we have here is uh, a recording taken when we performed this at the Horse and Stables uh, Theatre in Waterloo, which is just around the corner from uh, the Old Vic, and it's just above a pub. Uh, and we recorded it, uh, well, we performed it in front of about sort of a hundred-ish people, a bit slightly less. Uh, and it's a big kind of high-ceilinged room with uh, all of our, you know, our, our regular performers and some guests who would come in who weren't necessarily the same people in the series. So it's an interesting new take to listen to. We recorded these basically for us to have a look at how the live performances were working. But, you know, it's such a pleasure to be able to share them with everyone. If it is just a thing, uh, a mic just placed at the front of the room at one of these recordings. Like, they're a lot of fun and we've really enjoyed listening back to them. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to hand you over to Master of Ceremonies, Mr. David K. Barnes. Welcome back. And for those of you, thank you, who've just turned up, this is Wooden Overcoats, the most exciting show that absolutely everybody is talking about. Not out loud, but when you see people in the streets, you can tell they're thinking of us. Wooden Overcoats is an uh, online radio sitcom available from iTunes of an episode released every Thursday. We have already released two of those episodes. We have another six waiting to be unleashed upon an unsuspecting but entirely complicit British public. <laughs> but David K. Barnes, I hear you say in your heads, David K. Barnes, why is this show so very exciting? Well, I will tell you why the show is particularly exciting. Because Wooden Overcoats is, truth be told, and this is absolutely true, folks, Wooden Overcoats is the very first full-studio online podcast sitcom created in this country, or indeed, the world. <laughs> Probably, we haven't checked that, but we do believe that that is true. We do believe that that is absolutely true. Um, uh, currently, at the moment, I believe, if you are uh, searching for wooden overcoats in Google, if you put in the words wooden overcoats in Google, and this shows you how well we're doing, we are on page one of the results... At the bottom, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> usually on page two, but we are I mean, we're doing fairly well. We're not quite as popular as an episode of 1960s sitcom Steptoe and Son, <laughs> or an unlockable achievement of the video game L.A. Noir. <laughs> to be fair, you know, it, it, it's quite a difficult achievement. I, I've tried my, my best to do it myself. You have to kill 30 people in the head, and I don't have the video game. Um, <laughs> so... Before the police come and raid this place, I really ought to interview, uh, introduce what we're doing here tonight. Wooden Overcoats, of course, is a show, being online, that people all around the world can listen to. We may have millions upon billions of listeners internationally, but they're not here today. You are here today, in this room, come through the rain and the snow to listen to some good old-fashioned live entertainment. Not one, not three, not four, but two episodes <laughs> of Wooden Overcoats. That'll be done right here before you, brazenly performed right in front of you by a very talented cast, who soon I will ask to come down that middle row and stand with us on the stage. We have tonight... I, oh, that was very cooperative. Thank you. We have our regular quartet. We have the adorable Felix Trench. The astonishing Befair, the awe-inspiring Kira Baxendale, and Tom Crowley. And, and with them tonight, accompanying them tonight, will be the mellifluous tones of Sarah Burton. We will have the rippling physique of Pip Gladwin. 
the sultry bedside manner of Andy Seacombe. And keeping things all in line, dictating all the action as it runs, we have the indomitable, mercurial, masterful, soulful Sarah Tom. Would you please welcome to the stage, all eight of them now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you back in time. Turn back the clock to 2015, when Wooden Overcoats was just a little show just starting out. 2015. This is episode one. Wooden Overcoats. Take a look at this. <laughs> now, hidden in the English Channel is an island called Piffling. On the island is a village. Vale, and the village has a square, and the square has this lovely little antique shop. But opposite the antique shop is a funeral home, which is where much of this little chronicle will be set, I'm afraid. You see, I want to tell you all about a man named Rudyard Fife. He owns the funeral parlour. He's responsible for all the funerals in Piffling Vale, and today he experienced what was undoubtedly the worst day of his life, which, to be honest, was probably long overdue. Stanley Carmichael, whose shop was immediately opposite Rudyard's premises, had led a life of peace and ordered calm for some 89 years, and been subsequently crushed to death by a granite sundial. Now, I confess that I never actually bought anything from him. His price has been quite steep, actually. Although, I did have my eye on that sundial, and I might still be tempted if it came down in price. Hint, hint. <laughs> I'll just leave that with the family to mull over. Stanley's relatives pricked up their ears at the prospect of getting something for that granite sundial, whilst nearby, his eyes sunken and his skin pale and drawn, stood Rudyard, looking at his watch and wishing strongly that the Reverend wasn't an agnostic. Because as we stand here, his spirit is undoubtedly looking down at us with his place, from his place with God. Unless you don't believe in that sort of thing, which I won't hold against you. Mind you, God probably will, unless he doesn't exist. <laughs> in which case, he won't have anything to complain about, really. <coughs> Reverend. Uh, sorry, did somebody say... Reverend. Oh, oh, hello, Rudyard. You're rambling. Sorry? You're rambling again. Oh, God, am I? Yes. Oh, so sorry, where was I? His spirit looking down on us from his place. Oh, it's from his place with God. Yes, yes, thank you, right, right. Um, looking down at us... From his place with, um... No, no, actually, I, I didn't suppose we could have a quick show of hands? No, no, we, come on! If you believe in God, could you put your hand up? Could we do that? Yeah. Uh, put, uh, oh, uh, about half. Yeah, yeah. So, what 
We don't have time. Once with God in it and once without. No, we're overrunning. Well, I, I thought I might read out a few psalms. Which ones? I don't mind. I'd be happy to take requests if anyone's got No, 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 no. We're 16 minutes behind schedule. We're nearly 17. Georgie. Georgie, wake up. I don't want to. We need the coffin in the ground. Now. Sir, it's a very heavy coffin. What's your point? I'm the only pole bearer. Oh, stop moaning. Put your back into it. Fine. Bradyard. Yes? Do we have time for some funny anecdotes? Well, late as it is, and it's pissing it down, so no. Oh. You're ruining everything! There you are, Reverend. You're losing them. Oh, I thought they were rather getting into it. Not him. You! Me! You horrid little man. Stop hurrying things along. Well, don't you know what a schedule is? So rude. So this isn't my only gig today, you know. I've got Mr. Askey to measure up in half an hour. Oh, he's not dead. Doesn't look very healthy, though, does he? Stop talking. We're trying to honor Stanley. Honor Stanley? You didn't even like him. Oh, how dare you! I noticed at the shop you slipped that carriage clock down your blouse when you thought no one was looking. <gasps> and the dressing table. Are oh, you it? Oh, shut up! Bill swiped the portrait of Ava Braun. Bill! I wanted that portrait! Well, you can't have it! Oh! <laughs> no, I, I, I'm sorry, Jerry. I just, I just lost no, control. Stop it, Bill! Jerry, put that shovel down! Oh, Alright, Georgie, get the body in the ground. Sir, they don't look very happy. Oh, of course they don't look happy. It's a funeral. Get on with it. Rudyard! Oh, uh, no time. Let's go. Their service prematurely completed, Rudyard Fun and Georgie Crusoe fled the cemetery and hurried back to the funeral home. Established by local character and serial bigamist Gilbert Fun in the 15th century, Fun Funerals had always maintained a solid reputation for being the only funeral home on the island. Rudyard and Georgie hurried into Fun Funerals and out of Piffling's typically mild weather. It's not hard today. Of course, we could be on a good thing back there. Saw Stanley's widow. Old lady. Yeah. When she took a swing at her son-in-law, I think she fell into the grave instead. Don't know if it was fatal, but it looked promising to me. Do you think we'll ever have a quiet funeral? Asking for the impossible never helped anyone. People smiling and swapping funny memories. I'm just not sure that every funeral should end in violent conflict. Ah, Georgie, once you've been here a few more months, you'll realise that blood, uh, funerals will always end in bloodshed. Very little that you or I can do about it. Now, go and get my measuring kit. I want to go and... Uh, see if Mr. Askey, see if he's dead yet. Are you sure it's worth a bother? Oh, we've gone around every day for the last six weeks. I'm not giving up now. Hop to it! Yes, sir. Oh, get me a dry jacket! And another hat! Where's Antigone? Antigone! <coughs> now, look here. Yes? Stanley's widow. Ha! <laughs> Near it! No, nothing, sorry. Can fit her in at six o'clock. Look, leave her in the ground at the moment, save time in the long run. No, shouldn't have been brawling at her age. Of course, I'd fancy my chances against her. I'm 35, she was 82. See you at six. <laughs> Georgie! Got a full day ahead of us! Where's Antigone? Try the mortuary! Are you in the mortuary, Antigone? Antigone? Are you in the mortuary? Antigone? Antigone, are you in the mortuary? What? I'm back. I'd rather look at the corpses. 
Does rest in peace mean nothing to you? I don't hear the guests complaining. Got room for another? Is it Mr. Askey? Mm, not yet. This one's a bonus. That's Antigone, Rudyard's twin sister, despite actually being born one week afterwards. The poor dear had been diagnosed with depression within 20 minutes of being born. A world record which gave her no consolation at all. So how was it today? Oh, the vicar's getting worse. Of course it was raining. Inevitably, it ended up with a punch-up over a portrait of Eva Braun. Personally, I found it all very well. Brilliant. So that's another grieving widow we'll have to apologise to? No, we won't. Why not? She fell into the grave and died before I left. <laughs> she did what? It's been a very productive morning. You really have no concept of what good service is, do you? <laughs> I'd love to disagree with you, and I'm doing it now. I've been in the mortuary all morning. Do you know what I've been up to? Sure, I don't want to know. I've spent the past five hours mixing formaldehyde and methanol with clementines and a tiny, a tiny dash of cinnamon. That's what I've been doing for five hours. Should I ask why? To try and make our embalming fluid smell nicer. So the bodies will smell nicer. Because have you ever really smelt a body, Rudyard? Why do we still talk to each other? Now, thanks to me, they'll smell brighter, fresher, not like bodies at all. That's the sort of service I'm striving for, Rudyard. I want them to forget that the body is a body. Yes, that'll work. Our granddad's dead, but don't worry, because it smells like Christmas. It's attention to detail, Rudyard. It's how to run a business, you wouldn't know. We get the body in the coffin in the ground on time. Sir. Georgie? Your other jacket's been eaten by moths. I saw the whole thing. Never mind that. Georgie, how long did it take to get the coffin in the ground this morning? Seconds. Now that's a good service. Because I dropped it. But it got where it needed to be. That's what they pay us for. Rudyard, for the very last time, they don't want chaos. They don't want stress. And they don't want a relative dead before the first has even been buried. Oh, how do you know what they want? Oh, in the name of sanity, Rudyard, we've got to turn Look, this I've got a very busy we'll day ahead, so we just get back swear. into that mortuary. And... Hello. Yes? Eric. Eric Chapman. Uh, I'm new to the place. Just arrived. Uh, I'll close the door, shall I? Good morning. Georgie, leave it to the professionals. Good morning. Not met. No, because I'm new to the place. You don't need to brag about it. I've met people before. You're Mr. Rudyard Fun of Fun Funerals? That's correct. Terrific name. I suppose you put the fun in funerals. <laughs> No, of course we don't. That's obscene. Sure. Never mind. Well... Hello, Mr. Chapman. Oh, Jesus! Oh, is this too close? A little bit. Sorry. No, don't mention it. Sorry. I'm Antigone. Sorry. Pleased to meet you. Uh, likewise. Uh, call me Eric. Are you in charge? I'm the mortician, where the action is... <laughs> Oh, I bet there's uh, not much you don't know about the body, eh, Antigone? That sounded like a double meaning. It's called flirting. Oh, gosh, is it? Well, and now? Oh, no, it was lovely. Smashing. Do it again. Have I made it awkward? Damn. Oh, I haven't got all day. Yes, uh, so, uh, Rudyard, Antigone, and... Georgie. Hi. That's enough. I, s I saw you at the funeral, didn't I? Yeah. Helping out. 
It's a job. Georgie, don't give away company secrets. I was only... Hang on. Were you at the funeral this morning? Yes, I was. And I'm sure you're very impressed with what you saw, Mr Chapman, but we really are frightfully Actually, busy. I wasn't entirely sure it came off. I'm sorry. Well, for a start, it got a bit violent, didn't it? Did you think so? At the end, yes. I'm not sure what funeral you were watching, Mr Chapman, but all I saw was good, clean morning. Didn't someone die? Very convenient place for it to happen. Georgie? I'm not convinced. There you go. Don't let us keep you, Mr Chapman. And I thought there could have been a greater attention to detail. Stop me if I'm getting too critical. Okay, I'll stop you there. Shut up. Carry on, Mr Chapman. Eric. Gosh. I have to say, it all looked a little bit grim. I mean, it's a funeral, it's hardly party time. But even so, I always think these occasions should be a celebration of life rather than going on about death. Do you know what I mean? Nope. Oh. I mean, I don't want to be made even more miserable. I want to remember those happy, magnificent memories. I want a cheerful atmosphere. Bright flowers, music, funny recollections. Sweeter smelling fluids. Exactly. Fluids. I think they're very important. Sure thing. That's what I mean. <laughs> Sorting out those little details. Pushing the boat out. Or the hearse out. <laughs> That's just my two cents for what it's worth. Well, I don't know what planet you live on, Mr. Chapman, but... Thank you. Have... We'll bear these things in mind when we Rudyard. Over my dead Smashing. Body. Anyway, I thought I'd swing by. Oh, any time. Thank you. Any time at all. Yes. I was just swinging by to see the competition. Competition? Yes. You mean like a raffle? Not exactly. Hate raffles. Strange thing to hate. Anyway, I mean... You lot. Fun funerals. The local competition in funerals. You're an undertaker. Or clients prefer funeral director. You're just visiting, though. Oh, no, I live here now. I'm just setting myself up. Your own funeral home. Yep. Chapman's. Not as catchy as fun funerals, but there we are. <laughs> Where are you going to be? You know the antique dealer you buried? Stanley Carmichael? I'm taking over his premises. Oh, just across the square. That's right. Opposite you, actually. We'll probably see a lot of each other. Compare notes, swap stories, down the pub. Mine's a light ale, by the way. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, did someone die in here or something? <laughs> Good goodbye. Chapman. Oh, sure. Uh, glad to meet you, Rudyard. Antigone. Chapman. Georgie. See you later. That's enough. <laughs> okay. Um, enjoy yourselves. Oh, the sun's coming. Well, if he thinks I'm going to buy him a light ale, he's very much mistaken. Oh, shut up, Rudyard. This is actually very serious. He seemed fine. No, he didn't, Georgie, coming over here, waving his credentials in our faces, giving us feedback. My God. I thought you liked him. Liked him? Liked him? Yeah. You were talking about fluids and everything. <laughs> That's professional chit-chat, for God's sake. Do you think I like gorgeous, handsome men, do you? Exactly. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I can't think of a scenario where I would buy someone light ale. But uh, focus. He is serious competition. Them competition? Were you listening to the man? No, she wasn't. She was gazing into his eyes. Georgina, go and make some tea. We haven't got a kettle. Buy one. I. Rudyard, we're finished. I think I'll take a cyanide capsule. Antigone, we are not finished. We're an established firm. Come back centuries. Nobody around here is going to book a funeral from a complete stranger. <gasps> Rudyard, look at his shop. What is it? He's already changed the sign. Chapman's just like he said. I'll admit he's working quickly. 
That does it. You've got to see the mayor. Tell him this village isn't big enough for two funeral homes. Not a, ba a bad idea, actually. I'll see him now. Why don't I have an umbrella? Rudyard scuttled across the village square and up the steps leading into Piffling Hall. He was shown into the office of the Right Honourable Mayor Desmond Desmond, a man who felt that the most wonderful words in the English language were, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Mr Rudyard, fun to see you, sir. Uh, thank you, Marjorie. <clears throat> uh, Your Worship, I really am most desperately sorry to... Um, where are you? Down here, under the desk. Why? Oh, I'm just sitting here, you know, uh, doing a bit of thinking. It's a big world out there. Yes, uh, I came in to ask you about this. Uh, Rudyard, do you know what the difference is between a village and a town? Um, well, uh, a town has a greater area. Yes. More of uh, a higher population. Mm, more amenities. Amenities, yes. A mayor. Oh, yes, well, God. Exactly, yes. I actually came to see you about... We have to do something with our lives, haven't we, Rudyard? Don't you think? Yes. I look at my seal sometimes and all my envelopes, and I read my name, and have I done enough? I think, I ask myself, am I even right honourable? Because I don't feel it. Well, <laughs> to call yourself right honourable, you have to be a judge or a privy councillor. Really? I've got to change all my stationery now. <laughs> you see, this is just the sort of thing I'm talking about. What have I earned? What have I achieved? God knows we have to try to justify ourselves somehow. Uh, I don't like the man across the road from me. And then, what with my sister passing the bucket last week? A top drawer send-off you chaps gave her, by oh, the way. Thank you. Pity it rains. Yes, well. Can't help that, I suppose. No. And the ground subsidence. Still, we all laughed <laughs> seeing her flopping about like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you know what I've decided to do, Rudyard? I'm going to turn this village into a town. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, things must expand, mustn't they? Probably. You think so? Mm, good. <laughs> she used to say terrible things to me, my sister. Yeah, I've got a problem, actually. Have you? Well, can I help us? I'd, I'd really like to be useful. I think you can be. You see, your worship, there's this man. He's not worth it, yes. Rudyard. What? <laughs> no, I mean, this man is opening a new funeral home, directly across the road from mine. Well, is that a problem? Can't have two funeral homes, can we? Can't we? Why not? Well, it would be ridiculous. Well, I, I don't want to look ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> If we had two funeral homes, why not two fire stations, two hospitals, two mayors? Two mayors? Could it really get that far? I'd hate to speculate. Well, help me out, would you? Ah. Yes. Well, I think we'd better stab this in the bud immediately. Thank you, Rudyard. Thank you, Your Worship. Well, get me out of the office anyway. Out from under the desk. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> Marjorie, uh, cancel my appointments for today. There aren't any. Thank you, Marjorie. <laughs> Off we go, Rudyard. <laughs> Upon arriving at Chapman's, 
Rudyard and the until recently right honourable mayor, Desmond Desmond, discovered that the place was about ready to open, and it wasn't yet even midday. Rudyard braced himself for a sinister journey into the unknown. Wasn't this place an antique shop a few hours ago? I don't understand. Who's managed to do all this? Ah, it's a bit flash, isn't it? All these happy colours, not a patch on your setup. Look, not a speck of dust anywhere. I mean, well, he arrived this morning. Ooh. Has to be said, though, these sofas are very comfy. <laughs> Is that a coffee machine? <laughs> yes? Has your place got one of those? We bought a kettle half an hour ago. Hi, sorry to keep you waiting, it's all go here. <laughs> Is that a lift? Oh. I've now come out of the lift. Oh. I'm sorry, we had a terrible time setting the place up. You can't get the help these days. And uh, Mr. Mayor, it's a pleasure to meet you. Eric Chapman. There's some chocolate truffles in the bowl there. Help yourself. Oh, lovely. Would you like the tour? I'm, I'd love to show you around. It's still not quite finished. Well, perhaps another time, Mr. Chapman. You've got a lift. <clears throat> now, uh, I don't know quite how to say this, but... Uh, how to say what, Mr. Mayor? Well... It's very naughty of you to have done all this, isn't it? Is it? Without permission, I mean. But you gave me permission. Did I? I mean, before I came here, I was calling back and forth with your people, and everything got sorted, and, um, yes, here we are. There's your signature. Yes. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the smiley face in the O there. Yes, it's definitely mine. <laughs> Look, you must understand, I don't always read everything I'm given. I'm usually kept very busy. I'm sure. Don't worry about it. Uh, and what do you think, Rudyard? It's a really nice lift. Oh, thanks, Rudyard. Yes, well, even with all this, I mean, I am the mayor, aren't I? And I have the perfect right to change my mind. Do you, do you not want me here? No, 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 it's not that. But uh, you see, it's, it's just... Uh, Rudyard. All right. Yes, uh, now, look here. Yes? We've already got a funeral home. Exactly. We've already got one. And with the best will in the world, but we can't have two funeral homes, can we? Why? Uh, well, because then, you see, we'd apparently have to have two hospitals, you see? That's a great idea. Is it? Well, good, I'll get on to that. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Nevertheless, a village just can't sustain two funeral homes, can you? Well, you could be right there. Could I? You told yourself. But you know what could sustain two funeral homes? No. A town. Town, you say? No, 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 he... Don't get me wrong, this is a great village, but I think it's going to be an even greater town, and I want to help you do that in the only way I can, with a funeral home. C can I uh, ask a question? Go for it. If we had two funeral homes, would we need two mayors as well? No. That's ridiculous. Oh, excellent. In that case, I hereby pronounce this funeral home open. What? <laughs> well, what are they all doing there? Well, we're taking advance orders. It's just a service we provide. I didn't, I didn't, well, I won't take up any more of your time, Mr. Chapman. Please, Mr. Mayor. It's Eric. Best of luck, Eric. And if you're ever at a loose end, do pop by the hall. Sometimes we have movie nights. Oh, I'll remember that. And if you need our services, it's on the house. Oh, tremendous. Well, I'm looking forward to it now. No, 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 now, 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 hang on. Glad to have you here, Eric. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. 
No, no, no. Call me Desmond. TTFM. Catch you later, Desmond. Shall I leave the doors open? Oh, if you would. Rudyard, sorry I can't stay and chat. Uh, can I get you anything? How have you done? Tell you what. Make yourself a coffee. I better see to that queue. Enjoy yourself and don't forget the truffles. Uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, afternoon now. <laughs> I'm delighted to say... Welcome to Chapman's, and remember, we put the fun in funerals. Chapman? After a coffee and a couple of truffles, Rudyard stormed out, seething with resentment. He kicked a small dog and got bitten by its owner. <laughs> Having gotten back to fun funerals, Rudyard sat down a chair by the window and stared out across the road, muttering out loud to his only real friend in the world. Look at them all, smiling, happy. It's a funeral home. The hell do they think they are, eh? Exactly. I give him a week. All right, maybe two. He might have gold blend and lounge music, but you can't put a glass on the mechanics. Get the body and the coffin in the ground on time. Well, that's what it's all about. His corpses don't smell of cinnamon. Yeah. We'll see who runs this village. Rajad. Yes? You're talking to that mouse again, aren't you? Her name is Madeline. It's not normal. Antigone, you spend 23 hours a day in a mortuary. Don't tell me what's normal. Off you go, Madeline. We'll continue this later. You haven't moved all afternoon. Well, I don't need to move. I'm plotting. Where's Georgie? Day off. No work. You're plotting. Rajad. For the first time in our lives, we've actually got competition, which means we could really do with having some friends. So could you go out there and make some? Do it tomorrow. Have you at least gone round to check up on Mr. Askey? Who? Mr. Askey, the man we've been waiting to die for six weeks. Because so help me, I need to embalm somebody, and it could quite easily be you. Look, Mr. Askey's immortal. He's never going to die. What's the point in talking about it? <laughs> Now, look here. Georgie! What? Right, see you there. <laughs> Mr. Askey's dead. Is he? Yes. Oh my god, Mr. Askey's dead! How? I don't know. Heart attack! Heart attack? Half an hour ago, it's all around the village. It took him long enough. Antigone, I'm. I'm so happy. We'd better get over there before you know who gets in. Rudyard! Stop being happy and get over there now. Sorry, yes, get over there. Yes, I'm gone. Rudyard is back in the game! Rudyard is going to get wet. Have the mortuary ready! And Rudyard! Don't cock it up. Before you judge Rudyard too harshly at his delight at an old man's demise, I should tell you that Mr. Askey was Rudyard's old PE teacher at school, so his delight is almost entirely justified. <laughs> Rudyard met Georgie at Mr. Askey's bijou residence at 5.45. Okay, okay, okay! <laughs> Georgie, say it again for me, won't you? Say it again! Say it again. Right, Mr. Askey's dead, but listen. Yes! Get in there, my son! Whatever that means. Yes. <coughs> I ought to say. God, I've been looking forward to putting him in the ground. 
Can't mock me for losing the 200 meter dash now, can you, Mr. Askey? Yeah, before you get excited. Right, yes, got to straighten up, yes. Think. Great, let's go. Sir, could we please have some quiet out? Oh, it's you, Mr. Fun. Afternoon, nurse. May I take this opportunity to convey my most profound condolences? Thank you, Mr. Fun. I'm sure my apprentice, Miss Crusoe, here has already carried out our preliminary duties, so I think in the interest of efficiency, we should let the dog see the rabbit. If you'll take me through. Well, this is actually rather embarrassing. Oh, please don't say it's a false alarm. In a sense. Yes. But, Georgie, you said he was dead. He is dead. But, nurse, one of us in this corridor is deeply confused, and I'm beginning to think it might be you. No. I knew it was mad. Grab it, Georgie. I'm not mad. That's what a mad person would say. Georgie. Let's do this. Rudyard, good to see you. Chapman. Busy afternoon, eh? Oh, hello, Georgie. Hi, Eric. Stop flirting. Nurse, I demand this man be told to vacate this bijou residence immediately. Look, this is my bad, and I've really got to apologise for this one, but... Mr. Askey requested it. He what? With his final words, he said he couldn't bear to get buried by such a feeble little weed as Rudyard Fire. But, but, but... Interesting man. He wanted to see my gold medals in the 200-metre dash. <laughs> Gotta say, I wasn't expecting business to pick up quite so quickly. You're doing a most proper job, Mr. Chapman. Oh, thank you, nurse. I think we'll collect him first thing tomorrow. Anyway, it must run. Uh, good to see you, Rudyard, Georgie. Enjoy yourselves. What a charming man. I hear he's still a bachelor. So am I. Yes, well, hardly surprising, is it? Ah, oh, well. Can't win them all, eh, sir? Sir, are you all right? I am so... Six o'clock. Six o'clock? Six o'clock, the cemetery. Stanley's widow, Stanley Carmichael's widow in the cemetery at six o'clock. Oh, yeah, I forgot about... What time is it? About five to six, but you'll never get there. That's my way! Oh, God's sake. Sir, Rudyard, sir, come back, you stupid. Rudyard, race down the Rudyard raced down the cliff, past the trees and through the streets with a speed that would have finally impressed Mr. Askey had he not already been dead. His lungs aching for breath, his limbs trembling with the effort, Rudyard tumbled into the cemetery at exactly one minute past six to discover... I am... Um, it's... Um, what's going on? Ah, there you are, Rudyard! Reverend! What, uh... What's everybody doing? Dancing. Why? Because they're happy. Why? Well, I arrived here to see the preliminaries on Mrs. Carmichael's uh, transfer to a better world, if such a place exists. I'm not certain about one way or the other. And I found that her family and friends had been gathered together already for the funeral. For the funeral? Since the deceased was already here and sensibly dressed, he just got it done and out of the way. Who? A young fellow named Eric. Cheered us all up no end. Got his own funeral practice, I understand. He's got a coffee machine, you know? Chapman. 
led them all in a couple of sing-songs, actually. Even had my speech prepared for me. Very succinct. It was breezed through in no time at all. Chapman. Oh, he also found a lake over there. I think we're all going boating in a minute. He owns a boat. Chapman. Anyway, I'd better be getting back to it. We're having jelly and ice cream. Bags of fun. Goodbye, Rudyard. Or should I say, enjoy yourself. I see. I see. Hello, Rudyard. No! Oh. It's you. Uh, did, a, did a fair, fair, fair job, I hear. Congratulations. I don't think it's always like this. Oh, they won't hand it on a plate to you. You know, they won't do that. This is very much the exception. <clears throat> well, well, what? What? You can talk, can't you? Well, say something. Rudyard, have a nice evening. What do you... What do you mean, have a nice evening? What did you mean by that remark, Chapman? What if I don't want to have a nice evening? Hey, what if I don't... Chapman, what did you mean by... Chapman! Chapman. <laughs> Today had been the worst day of Rudyard's life until tomorrow came along and topped it. I was there to jot it all down from first-hand observation and a little bit of gossip I picked up later. And, of course, being his only real friend in the world, Rudyard tells me everything. My name is Madeline. I'm going to be the first mouse to write a Sunday Times bestseller. <laughs> and I know for a fact that Rudyard wants to revenge himself on Eric by... Well, <laughs> we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. The Bane of Rudyard was written by David K. Mark, was performed by Felix Trench as Rudyard, met there as Antigone, Tom Crawley as Eric, Kira Baxendale as Georgie, Andy Seacom as Rupert Wavering, Pip Gladwin as the Mayor, Sarah Thomas Madeline, with additional voices by Sarah Burton. The programme was absolutely live and was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Ladies and gentlemen, it was episode one of Wooden Overcoats. Now, one thing I've noticed in theatre recently is sometimes, no matter how long a show is, be 75 minutes, 80 minutes, 100 minutes, maybe two hours, often there isn't an interval. That means no opportunity to get a drink, to go to the toilet. But here, Wooden Overcoats means opportunity. <laughs> you have now 20 of Her Majesty's minutes to vacate this room as quickly as you can, every single damn one of you. Go downstairs, go to the bathroom, go to the bar, have a drink, have another drink, go to the bathroom, go to the bar, get a drink, come back for episode two of Wooden Overcoats. I'll see you there, and I'm sure that bodes well for you too. See you soon. <laughs> First half, we're also welcoming to the stage today 
uh, our, our final guest for this evening. Um, he was in Downton Abbey last night, and tonight he's doing this. Our, sinci <laughs> our sincerest apologies go to Mr. Paul Putner and everyone in episode two of Wooden Overcoats. <laughs> so, this is episode two of Wooden Overcoats, and just to keep your eye out for the moment where Sarah Tom plays two characters in exactly the same scene and has to talk to herself. See if you can guess when that happens. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Rudyard Fun runs a funeral home in the village of Piffling Vale. It used to be the only one. It isn't anymore. Eric Chapman is here to stay, and so is his funeral home. For the first time in his life, Rudyard has arrived. If only he knew what to do about it. Rudyard, it had felt like a century. Business had slowed to a crawl, whilst Chapman's opening week, book one funeral, get one free offer, had been an enormous success. At fun funerals, Rudyard was beginning to feel the pinch. Now look here. What? You can't do that. It's all been arranged. Your wife, Thursday morning, 11 o'clock sharp. Don't be late. Sorry? Yes, I know he's got a special offer. Said what? So, Mr. Sinclair, he isn't arranging a solar eclipse. He's just booked your funeral on the same day as well. I could do that. <laughs> a solar eclipse and a buffet. I think you're pushing your luck there. I could grab some tiny pretzels on the way, though. I can't promise anything. Hello? Uh, Mr. Sinclair, you still... Hello? Oh. <laughs> Chapman! <laughs> Antigone! Get out the mortuary! Why? We've had a cancellation. Oh, for God's sake, not another one. Mr. Sinclair will be around tomorrow to get his wife back. But I've just filled her with embalming fluid. Well, then drain it all out again. Chapman's getting the job. He can do it himself. I don't believe it. We're working ourselves ragged to scrape together enough to pay back those installments on the new kettle. And all Eric Chapman has to do is sit across the square on his very attractive backside. What? I said on his very competitive backside. Yes, quite. quite. Rudyard's sister, Antigone, had developed some intensely conflicted feelings towards Eric Chapman, of the kind more explicitly depicted within certain genres of French cinema, Slowly, passionately, and with subtitles. We can't go on like this, Rajaj. We're not going to. Cyanide pills? Not yet. We've still got Mrs. Codrington's funeral tomorrow. We'll push the boat out. No expense spares. Are you sure? Uh, you've got to spend money to make money. Georgie! Yep. Run round in the morning and buy us the cheapest lilies you can find. Or steal them. Oh, that's a good idea. Give me that money back. There's no point in buying flowers anyway. Why not? I was talking to Agatha at the sweet shop and she said that Eric's been going to the market every day and buying out the entire supply of flowers. So we can't get them? Damn, he's good. Cunning, devious, ruthless. Well, we can be those things too, Antig. Take it in. But 
Sorry, shut up, French cinema. Any ideas? Ah, yes. We need one of our strategy meetings. Of course, once more! This is time for Boggle. Boggle. Sharpens the mind and provokes inspiration. Chapman's nabbed all the flowers for his funeral. We've got to think of something. Yeah, but Agatha says he hasn't used them. Hundreds of flowers have gone into Chapman's funeral home. But none of them have come out again. That probably sounded more dramatic in your head. But nonetheless, it's worth investigating. Is the game ready, Antigone? Yes. Now look here. We've got to find out what Chapman's up to. Obstruct his plans and come up with something of our own. What we do here could be crucial to the future of fun funerals. Got that? Yes. yes. Uh, and remember, if two or more players come up with the same word, it's removed from all players' lists. Off we go! I watch their game from the corner of the room. Being a mouse, I'm sadly unable to play Boggle. A mouse's metabolism is much faster than that of a human's, and so rigorous linguistic amusement can be rather too much for us. Right. What have we got? Georgie? Three. Cat. Thin. And photograph. No good. Antigone? Two. Nouvelle and vague. No good. And against the rules. No, they're not. We can't have French words in an English game. But we're closer to France. Vive la pifling. Doesn't matter. They don't help. Well, what have you got? Uh, 21. Seek. Seeks. Wreck. Wreckage. Disturb. Disrupt. Destroy. Sabotage. Funeral. Next. Revenge, kill, beat, rival, must, go, room, only, four, one, indigo. Any inspiration? No, no, nothing at all. Perhaps another round? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, yes, yes, of course, words. Wreck, wreckage, disrupt, destroy, yeah. No, 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 not these words, words. We write an advert and put it in the local paper. Oh, is that all? Look, what does Chapman have that we haven't? Customers. Go away, Georgie. A coffee machine. I said go away, Georgie. What are you getting at? Publicity. He's got the spotlight because it's new. We need to take it back. Remind every, uh, everyone that we can still get the body in the coffin in the ground on time. Unless the client takes their wife back. Well, I think that's implicit in the advert. Now then, we'll attack on two fronts. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to write an advert and put it in the papers. Meanwhile, Georgie... You're going to the market to buy some flowers and see what Chapman's up to. I could go. I'm busy in the morning. If you've got a funeral tomorrow, I need to repair the transport. I mean, we could walk, like we used to. Strapping a coffin on a moped does lack a certain finesse. Speed and efficiency, sir. No, quite right. You carry on. Someone's got to go. I could go. How about Madeline? Now, don't be ridiculous. She hasn't got any pockets. How could she carry the money? Oh, Satchel, of course. I could go... What? To the market, to get the flowers, and ask about Chapman. I could do that tomorrow morning. You? Yes. Go outside? Yes. <laughs> Look, they've got this thing out there called the sun. I don't think you'd be very keen on it. I'll risk it. And you're allergic to pollen? I'll wear my outdoor survival suit with a pollen helmet. Oh, the one that makes you look like an astronaut? That's the one, yes. Antigone, I don't think... Rudyard, very... I'm going to the market in the morning to buy some flowers and that's final. But... I'm you... perfectly capable of going outside to do ordinary things and to live my life like an ordinary person. Now, if you need me, I'll be in the mortuary. Good night. <laughs> Does she sleep down there? We won't pull on that particular thread. <laughs>
The next morning, the dew still upon the grass, Antigone slipped into the all-over outdoor suit that she'd received as an 18th birthday present from her long-deceased mother and gingerly stepped beyond the front door of Fun Fumals and into the outside world. <coughs> well, I heard coughing. Get lost! <sighs> Here we are, then. Daytime. It's not a bit like I remembered it. Still, this is what normal people experience. Antigone, you are a normal person. You are a perfectly ordinary, everyday person. Better put the helmet on. Well, off we go. Antigone lumbered awkwardly across the square. And I followed, realising that her first daytime voyage in over a decade could make for an excellent chapter in my book, Memoirs of a Funeral House Mouse, destined to be a Sunday Times bestseller. Throughout the journey, I heard her mutter the odd word or phrase like... I shouldn't. Or... Get a hold of yourself. And sometimes... Bloody, bloody Chapman. Until eventually we reached the piffling market. You want to buy some sand? Yes. I got a lovely yes. fresh sand for sale. Oh, here you come from. Lovely fresh sand. Within a bounty of bouquets. <laughs> Bouquets stood Miss Petunia Bloom, the greatest flower merchant of Piffling, could also draw rapturous acclaim for her performance in the Piffling Amateur Dramatic Society's production of My Fair Lady, in which she'd quite naturally played the part of Colonel Pixie. <laughs> What's been ringing me every Tuesday night, ain't you? Well, last night I stayed up till two in the morning and you never called. Miss Bloom? Oh, well, bless my soul, if it isn't Antigone fun. And nice to see you again. We thought you was dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. Well, you must be very proud, dear. What can Petunia do for you? I'd like some of those lilies, please. I'm afraid I can't, dear. They've been sold. Advance order. How about those daffodils? No, no, no. They've been sold too. Begonias? Sold. Chrysanthemums? Sold. Would you like a bunch of violets? If you can... No, sorry, dear. I sold them all. You're holding some. Oh, these are just props. I painted a couple of pansies. Can I have them? Oh, no. They've been sold. So why keep yelling about your flowers when you can't sell any? Oh, of course, I've had it. When you've been selling flowers for 30 years, it just gets ingrained. We've got dash, we've got percent, we've got Has Chapman. Chapman brought them all? Now, I can't disclose the confidential identity of my newest and most attractive client, can I? I want the truth. What do you need them for? Ask him yourself, dear. He's coming this way. What? Oh, look, there he is. Yoo-hoo, Mr. Chapman. Oh, hide me. You what, dear? Oh, oh, oh. Flowers, oh, you perplexing woman. 
Junior, what a glorious morning. That it is, Mr. Chapman. I can't be long. The guy started building a third floor to Chapman's at six. Should be done in half an hour. <laughs> well, your flares are ready and waiting. Oh, great. I reckon this will be the last order for now. I should think so, too. Coming here every morning for a week. You've been making Mr. Bloom quite jealous. Oh, I didn't know you had a husband. I often forget myself. How about we discuss it over a glass or something tonight? Say, uh, eight o'clock? Uh, uh, afraid I've already got something laid on for this evening. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Right, let's take a look at those flowers. Oh, you've outdone yourself, Petunia. The best bunches of the bunch. Every exquisite colour of the... Wait a tick. Hello, Mr. Chapman. Ah! Sorry, 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 sorry. Petunia, there's an astronaut hiding in the begonias. It's that Rudyard Fun's sister. Strange girl. You mean it... Antigone? Is that you in there? Um, uh, it, yes, it is. <laughs> well, don't be afraid. Come out and join the party. Um, uh, righto. You're a... Uh, Probably wondering why I'm wearing a, a pollen helmet. You've seen one before. I used to wear one. I had appalling allergies till I was 13. The problem with those helmets is the static plays havoc with the hair. I used to look like a blonde electric plasma ball. <laughs> that was a that was a funny anecdote. Thank you. Listen, here, have one of these. What is it? Uh, Pyriton, antihistamine. Pop one in your mouth and bingo, you can take your helmet off. I have to take the helmet off to pop in the Pyriton. Oh, no, there's a paradox. Still, easily resolved. Uh, let's get you out of that helmet. No. In this heat, you'll, you'll asphyxiate yourself otherwise. Come on, it'll only take a second. You'll feel a new person. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Trust me. All right, fine. Now, I just about remember how to... But there we go. There. <laughs> Sorry, it stuck a bit. There! Oh. Another tablet, quick! Take a deep breath. There, that should do it. Feel better. I do. It's strange. I'm outside, but I can smell things. Here, try some gardenias. Oh. They smell just like the old lady we've got lying in our mortuary. Sure. That's a good thing. Is it? Right. Are you wearing aftershave? Uh, candlelit vigil. Why? Do, do I smell like a deceased old lady? No, no. You smell like a sort of man person. You've got a scent on too, haven't you? I recognise it. Oh, um, yes. What is it? Embalming fluid. Ah. With clementines and a dash of cinnamon. To make the body smell better. What a great touch. And there's this chemical agent. I made it myself. It removes every stain and blemish from the corpse's skin. But if you spill it on yourself, you get a rash and your... clothes fall off. Well. Yes. What's it called? As soon as possible. 
I mean, no, I shouldn't be talking company secrets. I've said too much. Well, I won't steal them. Why not? You're the competition. Goodbye. Antigone, no, wait. Do you want to grab a coffee sometime? Uh, caffeine makes my hair turn green. Goodbye. You've got some... You've got some great ideas. I'd just like to discuss the business with you. Friendly competition. How about it? I... I... Oh, I suppose I could. Antigone, over here! Uh, yes, what a... Uh, shut up, Georgie. Rudyard went into the mortuary and miscalibrated the formaldehyde pumps. He can't turn them off. But he's not allowed down there. We got bodies swimming all over the shop. <laughs> you better hop on it quick. Oh, in the name of... All right, I'm coming. Well, maybe another time with it. Hey, uh, Georgie. <laughs> you all right? I love the moped. Is she yours? Yep. Found him washed up on the beach, worked on him for a couple of weekends, and... That's amazing. I'm great at mechanics. You see, the secret is... He knows too many secrets, Georgie. Drive! Fine. Bye, Eric! Well, I look forward to it. I'm, I mean... That was a silly thing to say. So intent... So... So intent was I on jotting... So intent was I on jotting everything down onto the back of a postage stamp that I failed to hitch a lift. When I eventually arrived back at Fun Funerals, I was almost swept aside by an ocean of formaldehyde and methanol. <gasps> Antigone and Rudyard were in it up to their waists, fishing about for their deceased clients. For God's sake, Georgie, switch it off! Antigone! Have you found Mrs. Codrington? No, keep looking. Why do you do all this? Ah, uh, you see, Mr. Lazenby came in with his sister, and by an encouraging coincidence, his sister was dead. So I said, I know you've got a hair appointment, but give us your sister, and we can embalm her by the time you get back. Why didn't you wait for me? I thought it's embalming. How difficult can it be? Very difficult indeed. Oh. Finally. Well done, Georgie. I didn't do anything. Mrs. Codrington is stuck in the drainage pipe. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, well, if I can leave you to sort this out... Where do you think you're going? I've got to go and get our advert in the paper. Yeah, you should probably change your clothes. You're covered in Antigone's new chemical agent. Yes, yes, all very clever. Oh, Antigone. What? Did you find out why Chapman's been stockpiling flowers? No. No? What do you mean, no? I mean, no, Rajad. I mean, no. N-O spells no. Well, not very efficient. You flooded our home with fluid and corpses. Yes, well, chalk one up to experience. I'll be off to the papers, then. Yeah, you should really change your clothes, sir. Rajad? Yes? Here's your sorting flowers. Oh, for... Antigone, these are gardenias. I expressly asked for lilies. Get out. Right you are. Oh, come on, now! I then accompanied Rudyard to the heart of the piffling press. Sidney Marlowe, editor-in-chief of the island's premier publication, Piffling Matters. Come in. Oh, hello, Roger. I thought you'd be in sooner or later. What's wrong with your trousers? Don't try to confuse me. What's the place in advertisement? Hold on a second. Hello? You have? You have? Oh, sensational! Now that's going on the front page. I'll be there in half an hour. What happened? Somebody's cats had twins. Have you ever heard of twins before? 
I have a twin sister. Get away! Really? Well, we'll get that in the story, don't you worry. Now, what can I do for you, boy? Uh, do we have to have that tape playing? What? Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. I like to sound busy, that's all. Now, look here, I want to place an advertisement. What's the biggest you do? Full page, you know that. I've been trying to sell you one for seven years. Well, I didn't need one before. <laughs> and I know what's changed. You don't last long in this business, son, without being able to count how many funeral homes an island's got. Well, now we've all learned something. Yeah. Still want the full page? If you would. I've written the words already, look. Oh, let's have a shifty. Fun, funerals, why bother with anyone else? We get the body and the coffin in the ground on time. Yeah. Catchy. Any special offers? Ha! The refuge of the desperate. We don't need them. How about a free reef for the first five customers? No, we're valued for our tradition and service. So what do you need an advert for? Uh, to remind everyone that they value us for our tradition and service. Now slap that text together and make it look sharp. And I want it on the front page. Uh, how about the design? Something sophisticated, I think. Giant tombstone. You want me to put a bloody great tombstone on the front page of my paper? If it makes people think of me, then yes. Here, what about something cheerful? Now, that new bloke, he's got this motto. Uh, we put the fun in funerals. He stole that from me. He never. He did. I suggested it to you seven years ago and you never used it. You wanted royalties. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Cough up the loot and I'll get on with it. Mm. Here you are. 30 pounds. That's what you said before. Uh, that was seven years ago, boy. Never heard of inflation. All right, how much is it now, then? Front page tombstone. 500 nicker. 500 pounds? Are you mad? Listen, I've got a dynamite story here, here about a cat with twins. <laughs> Gonna cost you a lot to bump that off the front page, sunshine. <laughs> yes, but 500 pounds. And I've got my overheads to think about. You've got a desk and a cassette tape of ambient noise. <laughs> 500 quid, take it or leave it. Oh, for... Fine. There, one check. Hope you choke on it. Uh, you won't regret it, Rudyard. The power of the press, you'll have a stampede tomorrow. Well, if I don't, I shall write a letter of complaint to the editor. I am the editor. And consider this a warning. Good day. Rudyard stepped outside into the street. <laughs> Still, he now had a deserved sense of elation and confidence. He'd grabbed a bull by the horns, turned it around, and placed an advertisement into a local newspaper. Today, nothing could stop him. Rudyard, what a pleasant surprise. Oh, warm today, isn't it? Yes, Chapman. An auspicious afternoon, don't you think? In what way? Oh, you'll find out, Chapman. Believe me. You'll find out. I can't wait. I heard you had some trouble with your formaldehyde pumps. They're tricky buggers, aren't they? If there's anything I can do... Uh, who told you about that? I bumped into your sister at the market. And your assistant, Georgie. Uh, tell me, is she seeing anyone? Well, I don't know what they told you. Fun funerals is all systems go. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Now, about Georgie... Today is the day before tomorrow. And when tomorrow becomes today and everything changes forever and ever, look out for it. <laughs> I will. Is Georgie seeing Now, anybody? if you'll excuse me, I have a fun funeral to get to. Oh, OK. Um, Rudyard, about your trousers. What about them? They've melted. There's bits of them all down the street, look. Yes. Well, there are certain things about piffling you'll have to get used to if you decide to stay. And one is that when business is conducted, one must wear the grey flannel standard business shorts. Good day. I'll try and... 
Do my best to find some. Enjoy yourself. No, Chapman. You enjoy yourself. <laughs> while you still can. What was that? Nothing. Bye. <laughs> the funeral of Mrs. Codrington was a thoroughly miserable affair, and thus Rudyard felt an overwhelming success. Brimming with pride, he went home to fun funerals, had a simple meal of anchovies and peas, and then sat up all night, unable to contain his excitement at what the morning and the papers might bring. He <laughs> looks like a dog chasing rabbits. Been there all night, waiting for the paper to arrive. He's convinced that advert's going to change things forever. Get in the ground, your family's paid up front. Get in. Sleep is the half-brother of death. <laughs> Do you want a bagel? Yes. He's refunded us £400. Why? Uh, double circulation, probably. Mr. Marlowe, we accept! <laughs> yes, of course I'm happy. Today's the beginning of the end of Eric Chapman. Say that again. Newspapers arrived. Ooh, 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 uh, uh, papers here. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, how does it look? How does what look? Our advert on the front page. Fun funerals. Why bother with everyone else? I went for the full tombstone. Uh, sophisticated. We're not on the front page. What? Why not? Because Eric Chapman's on the front page. What? Last night, newcomer and all-round sport, Eric Chapman endeared himself to Piffling by placing a bouquet of petunia bloom flowers on every grave on the island. What? Said Mr. Chapman, it's the least I could do for such a welcoming community. I expect I shan't ever... Bloody hell, Eric's on every page. Putting the fun in funerals. Two, three, four, six. What's on page five? Ooh, a cat's had twins. Are we in the story? <laughs> a local man also has a twin cat. Oh, damn you, Marlow! Oh, oh, here we are. We're on page 13. Pretty small, though. I think you've been edited. What does it say? Fun funerals. Why bother? <laughs> to be fair, it's very catchy. Rudyard, get down from the counter. You're gonna jump and you can't stop me. Eric also told Piffling Matters of his new promotion. The first five people through the door today will receive a complimentary word wreath of their choice of funeral. Publicity sons, promotions. Is the man no shame? Maybe not, but at least he has clients. How can a man just appear out of nowhere and ruin everything in the space of a week? That's not possible. What have we done? It boggles the mind. It, it boggle, 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 boggle. Roger, boggle, what is it? Boggle, boggle. Antigone, boggle, 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 boggle. You're utterly unhinged, Georgie Attack. Okay. No, 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 no. Don't you understand? Chapman's word reads. 
boggle the word reads. Scramble them. Sabotage? Yes, what a dazzling word. You can't sabotage a funeral. I'm not sabotaging a funeral. I'm sabotaging a cheap, tawdry promotion that tarnishes the very name of the funerary practice. It's a crime not to do it. What are you going to do? Set them on fire? I'm great at arson. Cut through the strings so they all fall apart. Turn mother into moth. Turn daughter into hard-red gut. Make a mockery of them all. That's ridiculous. It'll work. When's his next funeral? Stays here at 10 o'clock this morning. That's in half an hour. Georgie, call up Master Marlowe and tell him there's a big, big story happening at the church at 10 o'clock this morning. But how are you going to get close enough to the wreath? Madeline! Eek! You're coming with me. Eek! Got you now, Chapman. We'll see who wins the high score around here. I wasn't eager to engage in sabotage, but after all, Rudyard did allow me to live in the skirting board rent-free, so I owed him something. I sat in his top pocket as he hurried over to the funeral of old Colonel Kevin Hubbard, who had mistaken a grenade for a can of Diet Cola and had accidentally detonated himself. The service had not yet begun and Eric was chatting to the agnostic Reverend Wavering. I was also a jazz band. Rajard sidled up to the coffin over which the floral wreaths were draped. Amateur leaves a coffin unguarded. Right, Madeline, you know what to do. I did indeed, and ten minutes later rejoined Rudyard at the back of the crowd. Well done, Madeline. Mr. Marlowe! Hope you brought your camera. This better be important. What a hot weekend the girls. Promise you a big story. Gonna get one. Is that a mouse in your top pocket? Wow, that is a big story. That's not the story. No, Madeline, you can't plug in your book. Wait, what book? Oh, hello, Eric boy. Ah, Chapman! Feeling confident, are we? I think so, yes. That you made such a big splash on our small island that, frankly, Chapman, you deserve the spotlight. Well, it's very decent of you, Richard. I looked around the whole island for brave flannel standard business shorts, but I can't find any. Must Morning, Reverend. I think we're ready to get stuck in, Eric. Sure thing, Nigel. Enjoy yourselves, everyone. Do you think I ought to talk about God in this one? I'll leave it sort of vague. I trust your instincts, Reverend. Yeah. Shouldn't be long now, Mr. Marlowe. It's better be worth it, son. I already had a hot story for tomorrow's paper. Apparently, people can predict the weather now. I'm sure your time will be well spent, Mr. Marlowe. I don't need it. All the helmet anymore. All I needed was willpower, Puritan, and a bucket of suntan lotion. Antigone Fun? We all thought you were dead. In many ways, Mr. Marlowe, I am, but I don't like to talk about it. Yes, yes. Very complex. Now, Mr. Marlowe, keep your eyes on those word reads. Yeah, all right. Something will better happen soon, boy. Everything neatly arranged, then? Uh, Madeline's been at the string keeping the reeds together. Roger, do you think this is necessary? I've never been so pleased to be said. Humiliating me like this in front of everyone. Well, this is all antiquity. If I could have arranged to have his trousers fall down on cue, I'd have done it. Perhaps it's still time. I like to think that as the colonel was yanking on the pin that would tragically seal his fate, he heard God whisper, if he exists, 
Well done, Kevin, old boy. Come and see the place that I've probably made for you. Come on, come on. I'd first like to call on my good friend, Eric Chapman, to hand me the first of his floral tributes to the dear departed can. Certainly, Reverend. Here we go. Oh, oh. Uh, something feels a bit loose here. I have to be careful. What? Oh, what? Oh. And in front of the crowd, the wreath that was supposed to spell Dear Kevin now appeared to say... Dead cretin? What? That's what it says. Dead cretin. I actually don't think I can watch this. I I don't... I'm so sorry about this. Let me try another. Item two, Antigone. Watch as the words never forgotten magically become... I'm a war criminal. Oh, my God. I mean... Nigel, I can't apologise enough. That's reverend to you. I don't mind satire in the correct place, Channel 4, but, but this is no, 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 just... No, no, I, I don't. I'm sorry. Antigone, get your eyes open. This is... This is excruciating. At last, at last, you mind, yeah, Chapman. In these circumstances, Mr Chapman... No, please, be- everybody, I've just got the one more. They can't all possibly go wrong. No, 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 no! And then a strange and inexplicable thing occurred, for the wreath that had spelt Hubbard much missed, and should now have spelt something really quite rude, instead told the assembled crowd... Disturb, disrupt, destroy, funeral, revenge, Rudyard fun was definitely here, and this is the result. Rudyard Fun was definitely here. Where is he? Where's Rudyard Fun? <laughs> now this is a big story. Smile for the camera, Rudyard. Hey, hey, Mr. Marlowe, can I have a look at that camera? Such a curious model, isn't it? Stop it! Rudyard, you're choking him with a strap. Don't tell me that, Antigone. I want plausible deniability. have been calm. I can't explain it at all. Rudyard blamed me, of course, and I said to him, I'm getting on a bit, you know. I'm nearly three years old. Still, I'll say one thing for him. He does photograph very well. Sheer naked panic does something wonderful to his eyes.
come to the second interval of this evening. <laughs> but whereas the last of 20 minutes, this one is in fact two weeks. We shall be back here in a fortnight with our special guests on that occasion, Ms. Freya Parker and Celeste Dring of the uh, sketch duo Lazy Susan and Foster's Comedy Award nominee Kieran Hodson. They will be with us here on Monday the 19th at 7.30, the same place we shall be doing the performances of episodes three and four of Wooden Overcoats. I wrote one of them. See if you can guess which one it is by then. <laughs> until then, with limited clues, until then, uh, Basically, if you really liked what you endured here this evening, there are various ways you can keep in touch with us. You can like us on Twitter, you can like us on Facebook, follow us there. You can go onto iTunes and subscribe to us. It's quite clever. You subscribe and then they tell you when it has come up. It's very good. I've not done it yet. Um, and you can also download Unacoats uh, um, you know, in your uh, podcast client of choice. Uh, if you know what that means, you can tell me in the bar afterwards, or you can go to www.woodenovercoats.com and listen to us there, all different ways. But the main <laughs> message, thank you, <laughs> the main message to take away from us this evening is if you enjoyed it, tell your friends. Uh, we are a small production company trying to do the very best in the big wide world, and what we'd really like is to have millions of listeners all around this world, so please, 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 if you've enjoyed it, go and tell your friends, your family, your dearest loved one, your worst enemy, perhaps they're the same person, I don't know, your lives are complex, not mine. <laughs> in the meantime, please, Get out, go to the bar, get a drink, enjoy yourselves, have a lovely time, have a wonderful lives. We've been wooden overcoats. Good evening, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> The Wooden Overcoats live performances were recorded in front of a live audience at the Horse and Stables pub in Waterloo, in London. 